Welcome, guys. Welcome to episode eight of the Some Say Podcast. I'm Holly. I'm still your host. And if you've been listening up until now, I appreciate it. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your ears. Um, And if you're just tuning in, I also appreciate it. And I hope that you hear something today um, that you can take away and use. That's really the point of this entire podcast. Um, I just want to say to begin that re-listening, or I guess, you know, just really listening to this conversation, not being a part of it at the, at the moment, um, listening to this conversation with Jacqueline Jones Lamont, who is the guest for episode eight, um, you know, I was, I was quite worried <laughs> when I recorded it that I was kind of all over the place because I did feel kind of, you know, and you, you'll hear me say it a few times that um, I felt like I was sort of dipping in and out, right, of different parts of the conversation just as far as themes go, you know. Um, I felt like we could touch on so many things and I, you know, I try to stick to a time. I try to stay under an hour, you know, between like 30 and 50 minutes or so. Um, and so I did feel, I did feel as though there were so many places we could go in this conversation that I was a little worried. Um, but you know, listening to it, I feel that Jackie is so centered and so, I guess grounded, maybe the term I'm looking for here. Um, and it's a term that, you know, I've really been looking toward lately, just trying to find grounding, right? Trying to be clear and, and clear minded. Um, and I think that's, that's where I try to get to when I say that, you know, Jackie's somebody to look toward as far as an example of how to get things done. Right, I say it at the at the very end of the podcast. You'll hear, um, but that's exactly who she is to me. Right, as a as a professor, as a person, she does not rush. She does not, you know, um, trip over her her thoughts or her words. She takes her time, and I think that that is maybe one of the one of the things about her that I admire the most. Um, you'll hear us talk about how she is logic-minded, how she doesn't adhere to genre, right? This is another guest who is not trying to stick to one thing and just see it through. She does not limit herself. Um, And I think that what she brings to the table in this conversation especially is the fact that, you know, playing is important. You know, um, going, going somewhere that your characters take you is important. And I just, I had a lot of fun listening to her. She has a great, she has a great voice for audio. You know, I think you'll agree. And um, I guess the only other thing to say about this episode specifically is that the digital dirt is a little bit less this time, which is wonderful, but still terrible, right? Um, I am, like I said last episode, going to um, try some more solutions that I hope will work. But, you know, bear with me. Um, also, I want to let you guys know that I will probably not post any further episodes for about one month um, due to some health 
stuff and a new job stuff and some pipes bursting stuff. I just need to I just need to get some things together, get some more recordings on the books and and then I'll be back I think in just about a month. Maybe a little bit sooner but probably about a month. So in the meantime, if you've missed any episodes, please go back, you know, listen, share them with your friends and um and that's what we're doing here. So I look forward to, you know, hearing your comments. I look forward to 2019. I look forward to you guys, you know, checking out the website, checking out uh, Jackie's links and her bio. We are at Wix still, right? We're at the Some Say Wix site. So it's hollyameaton.wixsite.com backslash some say. All right. Have a wonderful holiday season, whatever you may be celebrating. Have a wonderful 2019 and we'll see you on the other side. All right. Okay. Welcome. We are here with Jacqueline Jones Lamont, a wonderful person, my former professor and a fantastic poet and a friend. Welcome. Hi, Holly. Thank Hi. you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Um, we have had many conversations over time. And so what I'd like to do today is just sort of continue on with, you know, some of the things that we've discussed in the past and get into a little bit of, you know, more of your art and why you do what you do, um, why you are a writer how teaching influences you. Sure. Um, so we can start anywhere you'd like. <laughs> we can start anywhere and go anywhere. Why am I a writer? Um, why am I a writer? I guess I don't, I don't really know the answer to that. Uh, I, I love to read. Yes. I love to write. Yes. Um, I love the act of writing. The, the preparation for it. Um, I like the feeling that happens when I'm in the middle of a project and consumed by it. Mm -hmm. I like that, um, that moment of forgetting the time, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and how, that, how that shapes us, you know. It's... It's a good, it's a good time. It's, it's. Well, I love how you, I love how you put that moment of forgetting the time. Um, for those who may not experience the same, the same kind of feeling or maybe don't, don't entirely understand. Can you expand on that a little bit? So, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking about um, what happens after the blank page right. when you when you start putting words on the page either in longhand or on the computer right. and that becomes a conscious action mm -hmm. uh, and it continues to be a conscious action until there's this moment where there's a direct connection between your hand and your heart and your brain 
and whatever medium you're using at the time. Um, there's no disconnect. Mm -hmm. And there's that, you know, that synergistic right. moment where everything is just kind of working together for the good or the bad, or the story, or, <laughs> or the bad. whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, the no, bad I, is good, too. Well, and you know, and it's, no, it's great to hear you actually talk about it, because it, it almost feels like liftoff a little bit, right? Like, you're just sort of not, you're there, but you're not entirely. It's, like you said, synergy. It's the yeah, perfect way of putting yeah. it. Um, yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, so, tell me about... A project. I mean, I'm going to sort of skip all over the place, so mm -hmm. feel free to go wherever you want also. But tell me about a time where you felt like you had to get a project done. You were having a problem maybe reaching the end of it or just pushing through it. Tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about when it's not synergy and how you kind of get through something that you know you need to finish. Hmm. So we're talking about procrastination is what we're really talking <laughs> I about I guess so, here. just a little bit, sure. Yeah, it happens once in a while, <laughs> right. right? of course. So you get down to the 11th hour. Right. And you know that you have to finish this, this thing. Um, I don't know. It's like more and more. The more that you do that, the more that you show up, uh, the easier right. it is to find yourself inducing that state or getting to that point right. where um, you don't really call on it, but it, it's there. It happens. And I, I can't really explain how that happens. I can't uh, other than to just sit down and to push through, to keep at it, um, and knowing that your livelihood and your reputation are yeah. on the line. Yeah. Um, but just connecting with your characters and uh, letting them take the lead a lot of the time. Um, you know, just, just building off of that, um, how do you, I know a few things, like just over the years we've talked about different things that you do um, as far as a writer, but how do you, how do you let your characters take the lead? Because mm. I think I have a lot of problems with that sometimes, and I yeah. think that's part, you know, it's part of the struggle for me is that I want them to go where I want them to go, um, and sometimes they don't, and they go somewhere else, and then I get annoyed, <laughs> you know, um, which is funny to talk about people who don't exist this way, but but how do you how do you let them, and then, you know, do you follow? Like, how does that work for you? Yeah, I do you like your characters? I love all of my characters, yeah. even when they're awful. Okay. okay. <laughs> um but and I I almost feel like that's part of my my problem. It's mm -hmm. like I love them so much. I'm like do what you want. Be who you need to be, you know, and sometimes it doesn't work for the story. Mm -hmm. So there's this interesting tension of, you know, they want to go do something. I need them to do this. Well, how do I make this work? Well, I like to I like to give my characters the space to actually do that, to go yes. to those places. And if it doesn't work for the story, maybe it's a different story um, because the story serves mm. the characters. It's not the other way around. Right. So maybe we're talking about two or three plays or stories right. instead of the one that you have in mind. 
um, I'm, I'm, Ooh. I'm dealing. <laughs> yeah. My, my mind's so. a little bit blown. <laughs> I mean, I have heard that before, but really, okay, go ahead. Yeah. I'm go dealing ahead. with a story right now that is in its, I don't know, 15th revision. Okay. And it's still not there. Mm. Um, and I want so much for it to be there, but it's right. not. And, uh. I, I think, you know, that, you know, I'm giving myself my own advice. I, yes. I think that's where the problem exists, that I'm trying to force a narrative right. where it's not existent or it's just too many trying to converge in an unsuccessful way. Um, unsuccessful, what's unsuccessful, you know, for that particular story. Right. No, I think that's important, and I also think that's something, I, I mean, I can speak for myself, I definitely have problems with letting go of story or, or changing things around too much because it's, I get something in my mind, mm -hmm. and I want them to just do what they need to do to get to the end of the story I'm trying to tell. Um, okay, no, I love that, I love that idea of kind of seeing where they go. Um, all right, that's great. Now, what kind of ways do you prepare um, I mean, you do, you do a lot of things, Jackie. Um, <laughs> you're, you're another person, again, who, who wears a lot of hats. And I've spoken to a few artists like that mm -hmm. um, who can do a lot of things, whether it's in their field or even, you know, outside of. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, you personally, you're trained as a lawyer, correct? And you're a professor and a poet and plays also. Mm -hmm. Um so where are you in your, I guess, your creativity when you decide to write a poem? Or do you sit down and decide, I'm just going to write and see what happens? Like, how does that work in your, in your mind? Because I think a lot of people are very, um, I think a lot of people are interested in the idea of not maybe sticking to mm -hmm. one, one thing. Um, and I've had a few different discussions about that recently with people, so I'd love to hear, you know, how you feel about that. I think that as an as a artist, I'm shifting. Yes. Um, and I think I that it. my answer five years ago or ten years ago or two years ago may have been very different. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm not... I'm really not focusing a lot right now on genre and mm -hmm. sitting down and saying, I'm going to write a poem, or um, That's great. I'm going to write a story. I am exploring character. I am exploring setting. I am exploring um, the braids of narrative and how, how different elements interact and intersect and what does that mean? Um, and what, what can I learn from that sort of interaction? Um, and when it's done, if it's done, when I, when I come to some sort of epiphany at the end or, or some unraveling at the end or um, some, some trailing thread that needs to be pulled, I'll just step away and uh, uh, send it somewhere. Right. I send it, send it out. I send it out as a poem or a story or an essay or, right. you know, I. That's not my work, to decide what shelf, 
Oh, that's great. It lives, you know? <laughs> I it's, love that. I'll just do the work. I and, love that. And um, from there, it'll, it'll find its own life. From I there. love that. Or not. Or not. Yeah. So, so let's talk, that's perfect. Let's talk a little bit about the or nots. Um, what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. What what happens when a work isn't or not, or it doesn't, it doesn't go, or it's you know a revision that has to be put away, or or what is that? How do you work with that? Because I know there are people who say finish everything, mm-hmm. you must stick to it till the end. I know people who are very happy to like go of things. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you stand on that, and how do you handle that? I love to write. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the act of writing, and writing teaches me things about myself and about the world around me. Um, and I grow as a result of my writing and my revising. Um, oh, I love that's, that. Yeah, love that. that's 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 the benefit. That's the gift to me. You know, it's not necessarily where it's published, although I, I, I love my published works. Um, but I don't think that everything that I've written should be published mm-hmm. or needs to be published, and certainly not in order to benefit right. from having done so. Right. Um, I, have, I have books that are, are sitting... Um, on my desk, under my desk, <laughs> in boxes, yes. uh, various stages of, of uh, being done or undone um, that still teach me things. And whether, whether they'll be published or not, I don't know. Um, but they have definitely served a purpose to get me to the next phase of understanding things. And I, I see, I see the results of that reflected in everything I write. Every single time I pick up a pen, I could not have written this last sentence if I had not written that book ten years ago that sits in the drawer. Mm. So it's not, it's it's not a, a loss. No, no, I love that because it does. I feel like at a certain point. You know, at least speaking for myself, I look at things and I'm just like, well, what do I, where can this go? What can this be? Like, how can this live? You know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't always think of it the way it needs to be thought of, which is, well, you had to write that to get to this. You had to kind of put this work out in order to, you know, move on from it, you know? Um, So I love that. I love that. Um, You... You've talked about revision a couple times, um, just you know, in conversation so far. Um, do you have any kind of rules? Like, what are your rules for mm-hmm. revision? What do you? How do you know when something is done? How do you know when it's time to stop revising? Mm. That's that's a good question. Thank you. you know? <laughs> you um and I'll just jump in myself and say you know for me revision it's almost never ending yeah and that can be I think a little bit 
not the best thing. You know, I think sometimes I get into a place where, you know, I'm going over something so many times that I've kind of drained the joy from it Mm -hmm. for myself Mm -hmm. as a writer. Um, But I also feel like, oh, well, maybe I should go back to three versions ago. That was probably better than where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. And it just starts to go like that, you know, in a circle sometimes, not always. Um, But I think I have to be careful, you know, just about overdoing revision. Um, So I'm curious. Well, I will... When I'm writing, when I'm drafting, I'm yes. also revising. Right. So I'll, I'll write something, I'll put it down, the next day I'll go back and I'll read what I've written, and I'll, I'll change things and I'll cut characters mm. out or yes. scenes out or yes. stanzas out <laughs> um, and start someplace else and see where that takes me. Um, and I'll keep doing that. I'll, I'll look for places where I'm I'm trying to be cute or, mm-hmm. you know, trying yes. to impress myself yes. in a certain kind of way or taking shortcuts or not striving as much as I know that I could. Uh, and it, it continues on in that way until there's some point where I feel that I've achieved some sort of transformation by the end of the piece. There's, there's a shift. There's that, um, there's that, yeah, there's that shift at the end. That in, in you or actually in the writing or both? I, I can feel that my characters have been transformed by the end of a piece or that in the in the case of poetry that there is some sort of transformation from the beginning to the end there's some mm. realization or some sort of movement movements um, yeah that that takes place i love it i love it well and i love it's interesting because you started talking about you know movement and transformation, and I thought about a class I took with you in grad school, um, where I think we were really talking about like the musicality of language, mm-hmm. um, and what that means, and and how do you find that, and so just kind of going off of the same idea, like how do you find the rhythm or you know the sort of the sort of musicality, how how a piece moves. Is that something you come to? Is that something that you start out, you know, thinking about? Is it a natural progression? Sometimes I'll hear it. Yeah. Sometimes it'll emerge. Okay. Um, in revision. Uh, but I, I feel very sound-driven um, in, terms of, in terms of language and, yeah. Sound driven in terms of language. I think that I think that makes a lot of sense not only in poetry but also in playwriting. Mm-hmm. Um, where you are trying to get sort of the feeling of how a character is, how they speak, how they move in the world, um, and kind of thinking about these things, like how quickly do they talk? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's funny, I was watching um a television show the other day and I just started to notice 
oh, everybody talks very quickly, you know, and that affects the pacing, that affects the mood, that affects a lot of things. So even if they're talking about something kind of serious, if it's going quickly, it almost feels comic, whether or not it's supposed to be, and I think that adds to lightening it a bit. You can almost go to darker subjects when you're a little, there's a little bit of a, a funniness underneath it. Um, and when I say funny, it's it's not necessarily funny, but if they're talking really quickly, it, it almost feels like that, even if what they're saying is serious. So I guess, I guess that's where I'm, I don't know where I'm going now, actually, but <laughs> I guess that's where I'm thinking as far as like rhythm and as far as, you know, motion and, and, you know, how does that feel in words and just being a poet and being very conscious of words. It's like, you know, when you're talking about dialogue, it's separate from, you know, language that you're putting into a poem. Um, and so I guess I wonder, you know, how do you, how do you come up with an idea for a poem if you are looking to do that? I know you don't necessarily sit down and think you're going to do that, but where do you go with language? Where do you go with musicality? How do you, how do you compose if you're not quite sure where you're going to go? And once you start to feel that, that, that rhythm, you know, how do you take off with it? Hmm. When, when you were talking about, about the television show, I'm thinking about Scandal the whole yes. time, the whole time, yes. the, the pace of, of yes. that dialogue. Yes. Um, so much seriousness, so much information, yeah. and it, yeah, yeah. it moves right along, and yeah. it carries you with it. Yeah, it's it's almost like the crest of a wave, right? You know, every 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 piece of dialogue right. there, right? Um, but to get back to what you yes, <laughs> listen, I I know I was all over the place with that, so go wherever you want, but but I just I I feel strongly about sort of, you know, just the rhythm of language, the rhythm of mm -hmm. life, how that's reflected, um, what we can convey, you know. Um, when we're not necessarily, when we're saying something or when we're saying it a certain way, mm -hmm. how, how do we get that across? You start somewhere. Right. You find somewhere to start, um, you know? Yes. Just, just anywhere. It's almost like the, the rays uh, uh, of the spokes of a, a tire, you know, right. of a wheel. You just start somewhere and it'll go from there and give yourself that permission yeah. to to open up and find that beginning. It's like where do you where do you start composing music? You start with a single note, right? right? You start with a single word in a poem and let it let it move from there. Start with um, something concrete and see where it takes you ethereally, you know. Start start somewhere, but start. I love that. I love that so much. It's so great. Um, and the class I was thinking of when I was thinking about, you know, um, just rhythm and music, the class that I was in of yours, mm -hmm. um, I believe we were doing, I guess it was like, um, uh, we were looking at hip-hop and, like, language and what that meant. Um, I, I remember we had to bring in songs mm -hmm. and like discuss them and like talk about like the like, <laughs> I, I know I this is a very, this is a this. long time ago. <laughs> um, but 
But I just remember being struck by it because it felt like there was a really definite feeling of, you know, it's poets in the room. Uh-huh. We're talking about songs. We're talking about language. We're listening to the music. And we sort of went all over the place within that class. Mm-hmm. And I just, I was really struck by the fact that everybody brought their own interpretation. Um, and again, it wasn't a hip-hop class. It mm-hmm. was a poetry class. But just kind of the ideas and how everybody had a different view of what rhythm meant, what it meant to language, you know, and sort of going from there. Mm-hmm. So it's always, whenever I think of, like, your instruction, that's what I think of. Um, so anyway, this is kind of, I feel like I'm going, you know, a long way with this whole thing. But but I think it's really important because when I, when I think of your classes, I think of it. Yes. And when I think of writing for characters, I think of it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was a, a big lesson for me, you know, a big lesson for me coming out of, out of grad school. But um, let's see, where would you like to go next? What's your favorite part of any of your creative pursuits? Creating possibility. Okay. Yeah, creating new worlds and new possibilities. And doing that... Doing that um, in terms of thought, uh, embodying what those possibilities can be. Okay. And transcribing that to paper. Okay. uh, That can then become something larger Mm. in the reader and might hold possibility for change. So when you say possibility for change, what do you think of, like, do you write to a person? Do you write to a reader? Do you write to an audience? No. Okay. No. Um... I've tried that and it doesn't go over well. Okay. You know, for me. Okay. Um, I just I I I write to be clear about whatever it is that I'm writing about um, for me, and when I am, my hope is that my reader will also be able to follow that clarity. Okay. Um, and that's that's where a workshop comes in, right? Right. So you get to you get to hear, you get to experience other people's um, reactions and and understanding of what is happening in a particular place, particular piece. And if it uh, if it is on track uh, with my intention, then that's that's a good thing. Um, I don't know if I answered your question. There. That's okay. I yeah. mean, I just yeah, yeah. I love following you wherever you're going. <laughs> so it's you know, I feel like I feel like we've been having a conversation over a, a long time. So it's kind of funny where I feel like I don't. I don't know. I feel like I'm hopping around a little bit in time. You know, I yeah, don't know if this yeah. makes any sense. But I do feel like we've just we've been having, you know, a series of conversations over over a long period of time and it feels as though you know, we can sort of tap in and out of different parts of it. So, I don't know that 
I don't know that I've had another guest where I exactly felt that same way. So I'm a little bit like, all right, I'm following you. Where are you going? What's going on? Um, But I love it. I, all right. I definitely want to ask you as far as, you know, being someone who, who is very, I'm going to say you're logical minded because you have your law degree. Um, How do you, or do you use that in your creative life? Mm. So if you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I'm not sure that a lot of artists are as, you know, are in the same kind of place where, you know, they can get a law degree because their mind works that way. So how do you use that in your creativity? Do you, do you move it around? Do you shut it down? Do you, how how do you, I know it's Mm. your brain, so it might be a little (laughs) bit of a (laughs) ridiculous thing to ask. How do you work? (laughs) Tell me how your mind works. Um, um, I ask a lot of questions. Yes. So I'm very Socratic yes. in my creative work also. And I'm always asking questions of myself in the drafting and revision process, as well as asking questions of my characters. So um, how, how do we get from here to there? Why are you doing this? Um, what what is the intention behind the use of that particular word in a poem? So I might sit and and think about that and write about that separate and apart from the poem itself. Okay. So trying to understand my characters is is, is for me is about sitting down and maybe writing a letter from that character to another character. Okay. Um, who are you? And just a series of unending, relentless questions. Yes. <laughs> it's like, why are we here? Why are we doing this? Why are you acting that way? Um, and that's, that's the logic, if it's logic at all. Right. It's just endless inquiry. Um, why, why are things happening this way? What would happen if it were different? What would happen if behind door number three something else appeared? Right. Um, well, and I love that because every person I speak to, every creative person, I know obviously everybody's different, mm-hmm. but it's it's great to sort of get just a little bit of a peek into how do you get to a place where you're creating your work because, you know, I I love that you can sit down and say, you know, it turns into what it turns into. Mm-hmm. I don't think I I want to be that way, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I don't think that I, I am or that I necessarily can be that way easily. Like I, I'm trying to just sort of loosen up a little bit and say like, let's see where this leads. But I think for me, that gets to be too you know, just too vague and too undefined. Mm -hmm. But with someone like you, it's almost like no matter what, you're pulling it back to, you know, something it needs to be, even if you're not sure what that is to start, you're going to get it, you're going to get it there. Mm -hmm. And I love hearing that that's, that's a little bit of what you do. Yeah. Um, I think that's really helpful too, because I think sometimes it's easy to get lost in a project. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love the idea of writing a letter as one character to another 
um, and trying to figure out where they're at in that relationship. Very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So let's talk some more. What, what would you like to jump into next as far as your creativity, past, present, future? Um, what are you looking toward? Um, I feel like I know a lot about you. <laughs> but I don't want to just start pulling things out of a hat. So, so what's another creative project that you're looking at in the next, you know, in the future, in the next few years? Uh, yeah. Thanks, Holly. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I know. So, I'm sort okay. of all over the place today. But. So I am, working, I am working on a short story collection. Wow. Um, that is they're they're loosely linked and uh, they are linked based on various connectors Um, it might be a person that appears in a subsequent story it might be an object it might be a setting Uh, and I am having a lot of fun here Um, It takes place um, over the 20th century, uh, largely on the East Coast of the United States, various states, Um, uh, and I've been focusing a lot on the Civil Rights era and Mm. just before, um, but that's about to shift right now. Okay. And, yeah, looking forward to exploring some of those questions. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, something I did want to bring up was that short, short piece that you recently shared on Facebook. And was that Narrative Magazine? or mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, how, did you, how did you come to that piece? How did you decide to, or I don't even know the question that I'm asking, because it's such a short piece, and I know often that short pieces are are harder to really shape or to, um, I guess, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say they're harder than a a very long book, but when you're doing a short piece, you've got to do some really specific things in a very limited amount of space and time. Mm -hmm. Um, How did you come to that piece? And, you know, what made you develop it? So I think you're talking about Wild Snow. Mm -hmm. And... Um, this is this is interesting. So that's that's I see that as being a part of this collection, okay. part of this story collection. Um, it takes place in the 1960s, and uh, the protagonist is a young woman who is working for an advertising agency and experiencing. Um, a degree of angst in her employment situation right. and uh, what happens as a result of experiencing this over a period of time and some of the decisions that she makes in her life uh, as a result of this constant bombardment of harassment and abuse. Right. Um, so uh, that, that was, uh, I, I thought of that particular story as, um, an index card exploration. 
I'll tell you a little bit about that. Yeah, but, I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Index card exploration. Yeah. This is fantastic. So, so I was at AWP. Yes. And Last year? No, this was a few years ago when okay. I had this experience. Great. I was in I was in a, a session. Elizabeth Alexander was giving a lecture. Okay. And it was so beautiful and so stunning and uh, was was a lecture that was it was braided um, elements of narrative okay. uh, that kept coming back and forward and addressing this and that and she had mentioned using index cards to to write down various thoughts over a, a long period of time okay. to get this particular lecture done. Okay. And I just said, what, what, an, what a gift, what an amazing uh, gift to be able to sit somewhere for 15 minutes and think about one particular, one particular element of a character or of a situation right. or, without having to explore any connective tissue, just thinking about that particular moment in time. Right. Um, and I set out to explore, it's all first person, this character and different times in her life, different oh, wow. situations where she might find herself. Oh, wow. And then uh, over time started braiding things, said, oh, well, if this happened, then maybe, getting back to the questions, right? right? right. If this happened, then maybe I need to, need to address a little bit more about her background here. Right. Or why would, what, what's the relationship between uh, this character and her son? Where, where did the son come from? And who's the father? And what, um, so, so dealing with those braided elements... And, and those index cards um, that index I could, cards. yeah could yeah. walk around and yeah. and, and uh, so that that's that's how that came up and that's it great. Um, yeah exploring a little bit of uh, why why situations exist where me too has to be a moment. You know why? Right. Why we're we're talking about um, a character who's given birth to another character or not, um, or is mothering a character mm. who is making decisions that are counter to whatever may have happened in the past, right. and how how can that be? You know, so th those were some of the questions that I was trying to explore there, too. Yeah. I love it. Well, I love it, and I love, again, bringing up the, um, the index cards because, you know, when in grad school, working on plays, that was a, a definite tool mm -hmm. um, that I, I still use sometimes, and I still go back to. It's not my favorite for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about, you know, the form, you know, just sort of writing on little cards. I, I don't know. I, I don't love it. But I will say that if you need to separate thoughts out, 
I found it really useful. Um, and I love, I love that you're using them, you know, to, to that effect. Um, what other tools are in your tool bag, your creative <laughs> tool bag? Or, you know, I'll give you a few options here. Yes. Um, <laughs> what other tools? Or, you know, when you think about your creative, your creative life, you know, from when you started to create things to now, um, what is something that, and I guess this may relate back to the toolbox, do you go back to certain things? Do you go back to a time or a place or a tool that helped you in the past to create if you get stuck? Or any, anywhere along, those, along that line, do you ever revisit the past to bring work into the future? Um, do you have tools that help you with that? I rarely, yeah, I rarely do that. Okay. You know, at this point, um, for whatever reason, I don't know. Um, but I do, I do journal every day. Yes. And I keep my journals and I read them from time to time. Um, but they've, they've taken a turn in recent years and then become more of an organization. Okay. <laughs> school for me. Of, okay. Okay, I need to do this and this and this. And so to more, do a list inside yeah, of it. Yes. Yeah, more pragmatic, um, more pragmatic tools. But um, I, have, I have my phone and I also... Uh, usually walk around not only with multiple notebooks, right. but also a Bluetooth keyboard, foldable, that's really? kind of tiny. Um, if I'm working on uh, like a Google Doc or oh, wow. some sort of Word you know, note, right. that I, I can use that also. And it helps when, when I need to... If I'm working on a play, right, yes. and I need to, I need to keep the structure, right. you know, the format. I might right. use that. Okay. Yeah. Oh wow, that's you'll have to show me. <laughs> sure. I, I love the idea of that because that's one thing you know. I think as far as you know, moving around um, and bringing your work with you, mm -hmm. I I always have no a notebook like you said at least one if not more um and I used to carry my computer mm -hmm. um until it just got to be like not practical or you know heavy um but I do find that the notebook and the phone for me at least are great for notes mm -hmm. or for you know bits of you know you overhear dialogue and or whatever it is right something strikes you um but it's not for me so great to sort of jump into, oh, I know what this character says to that character. Like, I have to have the, mm -hmm. the screen in front of me mm -hmm. or the page, you know, where I'm revising it or whatever. Um, so that's really, okay, that's really interesting because I feel like I struggle with that. You know, it's like, oh, well, here's my notebook with a blank page, but that's not really getting me to the next scene, mm -hmm. you know. Just play. Yes, yeah. yes. No, seriously. I you know I have like um I have some crayons that I I went home, you know, for the holiday and saw some crayons there. I was like, "Oh, what is, what's this crayon?" Okay, so swipe the crayons yes. <laughs> and just just to play because that's exactly it. I think sometimes 
you know, I get so into, well, I've got to get this scene to another place or I've got to get it right or it has to make more sense. And I think play is important. And so let's see how the crayons go. But Mm -hmm. that was my intention uh, when swiping them. (laughs) I love I love the adult coloring books. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, fun. So that's one way you play. How else do you play in order to just sort of loosen up or, or to just play? Oh, Spotify dance around. Really? <laughs> really? So Spotify, do you have like any particular playlist? I'm not going there. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> disco forever. Fine. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> no, disco and, you know, we have some vinyl and like just all of it, mm-hmm. you know? And it's funny because you kind of think... I don't, I don't think I ever realized growing up that some of this stuff was going to stay with me, you know? And I mean, I guess that makes sense, right? But when I was a kid and I loved on a summer, I wasn't thinking, oh, I'll still love it for the rest of my life. So it's, you know, we're talking about like musicality of language and how do you play and going back or, or using tools. And I think music is a huge huge part of that right because you listen to a song and you're suddenly brought somewhere else um I know I listened to a couple of very specific albums when I was you know writing my thesis in grad school and you know I don't necessarily concentrate on it now but now that we're talking about it I think music is a huge tool Mm -hmm. to sort of focus or center or play or do your characters have playlists that is an excellent question. Um, they do not, but I have playlists for them. Uh-huh. But they don't have playlists. Do yours have playlists? Sometimes, okay. yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I never even thought of that. <laughs> I never even thought of that. So what does that mean for you? Do you play their music while you're writing for them? Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I always think of it like okay, I have to get into this mood with this character, so let me play this. So I guess, in a way, but Mm -hmm. I I never thought of it as them having their own playlist. Oh, that's cool. (laughs) Oh, this is so great. Before we go, anything else? I feel like we could really honestly keep going for a very long time here. I don't want you to... I, I want you to come back, so I will let you go. I would love to. Thank you. Yes. Um, but is there anything else you'd like to touch on today, like on the microphone that you'd like to, to discuss? Uh, I would just say explore all parts of yourself, that writing is not just um, a compartmentalized part of life, um, but to bring all of your 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 whole self into the process. So if you um, if you are exploring Ooh. yoga, yeah. If you're <laughs> no, exploring you're right. yoga, do it. You know, do it um, with your writing. If if you are um, if you are uh, very serious, explore that in your writing also. Um, Bring your bring your convictions to social justice onto the page. Um, you yes. know, do do all of that. Yes. Bring your whole bring your whole self into whatever it is that you're doing, and share it with all of us. Yeah, I think that's an amazing point too. Actually, now that you're bringing it up, because um, I feel like that is something that, just as speaking for myself, that's a struggle for me. I don't know always where, 
I don't want to necessarily politicize things. I don't want to jump on the moment, but I want important issues to be reflected in my work. Mm -hmm. And I think I struggle with how far do you go with it? How much do you say about it? Um, You know, I would never want my work to be topical or to, you know, but Mm -hmm. things are important, Mm -hmm. things are happening. So how do you address that? So, So your advice is to just address everything about yourself within within your own work. I'm I'm pausing and I'm backtracking now because no, but I, I think it depends on on yeah. the piece itself. You know, but yes. to to be open um, and not to cut off parts of yourself just because. Right, just because yeah. they're not shiny and and bright. And, right. Yeah. No, I I couldn't agree more, and I think you know, finding the, I think finding the balance mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of where that could fit into your story, if it does fit into the one you're telling at the moment, um, and how to get that across organically. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that's the big, the big thing. You know, I guess that's what revision is for, though, so. <laughs> it's the work. It's the work. Whew, my goodness. This has been wonderful. Thank you, Holly. Thank you, Jackie, <laughs> so much. Um, and, you know, I just want to say that you've been, you know, you've just been a really inspirational writing figure. You know what I mean? You've been an inspirational creative figure and someone who just gets things done. So it's just that kind of thing where it's always good to to take a look and say, okay, you know, things are getting done. Like, things will get done like this is how you know so I just want to say thank you for that for that kind of you know living that life and and being that kind of person that someone can look to for that thank you so much thank you all right that was Jacqueline Jones Lamont please check out her bio her links her short pieces, her poetry collections, everything she has going on. You can find more information on her at hollyameaton.wixsite.com backslash some say. Of course, you can always follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, right? All the, all the social media things. I am still working on more YouTube episodes. They're a little more complicated than I, uh, than I bargained for. So that might take a moment, but in the meantime, we are available on iTunes and SoundCloud, which you obviously know because you're listening to something right now, right? Um, have a wonderful 2019. We will be back in the new year. Email me at somesaypodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to be a guest or if you know someone who'd like to be a guest. I am working diligently to get everybody on the books. I'm a little bit behind at this moment, but that's okay. 2019 is coming. Um, So again, reach out to me at somesaypodcast at gmail.com if you would like to be on the show or if you know someone in the New York area who'd like to be on. All right. Take care. I've got to go, but we will talk to you in the new year, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Bye-bye.